0: what's going on guys welcome to fresh pineapples
1: i'm sarah i'm zach and we're starting the lifestyle early in life
0: this show is not for children
1: if you're under the age of 18
0: then fuck off hello 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 fresh fans welcome back welcome to episode three of fresh pineapples
1: Zach promised he wouldn't start the episode out doing the fan fam, fam, fam thing again.
0: What are you talking about?
1: You know what I'm talking about.
0: I would never say such a sound.
1: Alright. Liar. Anyways, we decided that we're not going to do an episode over how to start swinging because we feel like there's a lot of information out there already, other podcasts and resources, and we feel it's kind of different for everybody how they want to start
0: also we're not a how-to channel you know we're not breaking down the lifestyle in that way this isn't an instructional podcast
1: it's more of our opinions and concepts
0: yes but like she said there are a lot of good resources out there google is your best friend i will say that
1: we're very excited about today's episode this is something we're super passionate about
0: very passionate about today we will be discussing the world of mental health
1: we have some good you fucking dick (laughs) do y'all see what i have to put up with
0: oh yes
1: oh my gosh
0: we got to give the fans what they want
1: that is not what they want nobody wants that (laughs) so as i was saying before i was rudely interrupted we have some good news we are now playing on the Full Swap Radio Network. Our show will be on Thursdays at 1 and Saturdays at 9. If you want to listen to them, you can go to fullswapradio.com or you can download their app. As we were saying earlier, this episode is about mental health in the lifestyle. Now, this is something that we're very passionate about.
0: Yes, very, very passionate. Um in our first episode, we mentioned how we both have bipolar 2 disorder, and both of us actually have some other mental health disorders that we deal with as well. While we're by no means professionals and anything we say should not be taken as professional advice, yes, um, we still feel like we have a lot of experience in this subject and we have a very capable perspective when it comes to mental health and how it affects the lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and we feel like this isn't really something that gets talked about much.
0: Definitely not enough.
1: I agree. If you are suffering with something or you think that you might have a disorder or something's wrong, please go see a professional. Go see a psychiatrist or a therapist. Just get help. It's important.
0: Even just your regular family practice doctor can help you.
1: What we're going over, it is some good mental health knowledge but at the same time we did pick and choose the information to be more tailored to the lifestyle but this is good information you can use in your daily life whether it's something you're dealing with or someone you know or someone you meet is dealing with
0: also we should give a trigger warning today we're going to be discussing a lot of very sensitive topics including sexual trauma and suicide and things of that nature just some difficult topics that might trigger some people. So if you think you might be affected by some of those things, then...
1: We'll warn you before we start talking about it so you can fast forward. Yes. The types of disorders and issues we're going to be going over are anxiety and anxiety disorders, depression, PTSD relating more to sexual trauma, bipolar disorder, substance abuse and addiction, and then we'll lightly cover some other topics. Along with that, we'll talk about how they affect the lifestyle, ways for you to deal with it, and ways for you to deal with someone who is suffering with them. We're also going to give examples and examples from our own personal experiences as well. And then we have a quick fresh update for you guys. We went to our first meet and greet. And then we have a fresh form to read and that's about it so let's get into it
0: let's get to it
1: let's get dark the first topic we're going to be covering is anxiety and anxiety disorders now there is a difference between feeling anxious and having an actual anxiety disorder feeling anxious Or feeling some anxiety is normal. You're supposed to feel that in life. You know, if you have a job interview the next day and you're really nervous about it or you're going to a lifestyle event for the first time, that's normal to feel nervous. Now, an anxiety disorder is something that affects your day-to-day life. Anxiety affects nearly 30% of adults at some point in their lives and it's the most common of mental health issues. There are several types of anxiety disorders, including generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, specific phobias, agoraphobia, social anxiety disorder, and separation anxiety disorder. Now, personally, I have generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, And social anxiety disorder. So most of them. (laughs) Anxiety is a big, big factor in my life. So generalized anxiety disorder is when you develop anxiety over things you shouldn't. For example, for about a month, I was terrified to go in our bedroom and especially to sleep in the bed. Like I hardly ever even went in there. It's like the dumbest thing to be scared of.
0: That was a good month i got a lot of sleep that month
1: that is very not nice hurtful
0: truthful oh
1: my gosh and then panic disorder is whenever you panic easily and you can easily get panic attacks specific phobias are when you're scared of one certain thing for example arachnophobia is when you're scared of spiders and then agoraphobia is when you avoid situations whenever you feel it could trigger you or you don't even leave the house in general because you're so scared that you might get triggered by something. How it can affect the lifestyle is somebody may not show up when they're supposed to or they may cancel because they're just so scared of going. It can cause a bad first impression, for example, You're way too shy, or you're way too talkative, or someone may just not try new experiences just because of the fear of it. So ways someone can personally deal with it is to get professional help, learn coping skills, or if you need to get medicated. There is nothing wrong with getting medicated for your issues. I know there's a stigma out there about that, and it's not true.
0: Hell no, we're medicated as fuck.
1: Yeah, we both are. High five. (laughs) Um, and personally I think it's a good idea to communicate your issues with people that tends to be something that helps me you know if you're going to be meeting someone tell them hey I'm just letting you know I may seem kind of off or quiet when we meet but that's not how I usually am ways to deal with someone who does have anxiety or anxiety disorder is to be understanding as much as you're capable of. It may not be something you've experienced, but you've probably experienced being nervous at some point in your life. So you can understand to a certain level how that feels. Maybe not as much, but you get an idea. And it's important not to patronize them. Like I said, if you've been nervous before, and someone has an actual disorder... Don't be like, oh yeah, I've been nervous before too. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Like, no, your experience is not the same as someone else's. And words like that can be patronizing and make someone feel worse. I know because I fucking hate it when someone does that to me. You can also ask if there's anything you could do or if there's anything you shouldn't do. And reassure them it's okay if you're late. I understand. Just take your time, like your health is most important, and to just be patient and not make them feel worse about it. Overall, we all understand what it is to be nervous, and anxiety is just a form of that, and there's different levels to it, up to it being severe.
0: Now, we're going to get into depression. Depression, for me, is something... That is very near and dear to my heart uh, it's something that I've been dealing with for a long long time and something I'm very passionate about honestly so what is depression depression basically it's a common illness that negatively affects how you feel uh, how you think and how you act basically it causes feelings of deep sadness and or a loss of interest in activities that you once enjoyed it is really can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and it can really impair your overall ability to function symptoms of depression can range from mild to severe and it can include a lot of different things such as changes in your appetite trouble sleeping or sleeping too much just having a really just having a down mood uh, loss of energy or increased fatigue Difficulty thinking or overthinking or obviously thoughts of death or suicide. So how common is depression? Depression affects about 1 in 15 adults and 1 in 6 people will actually experience depression at least sometime in their life. It's important to clarify that being depressed is not the same as being sad. Being sad, everyone has felt sad in their life. The death of a loved one, or the loss of a job, or ending a relationship, those are all normal feelings of sadness. Now, all those things can lead to depression, but the normal instinctual reaction to those things would just be to feel sad. So a good example would be, let's say you lost your job for whatever reason. You're obviously going to be in a little bit of a funk for... A short little while. Most people are going to be sad that they lost their job, but for some people it can really turn into a huge depressive episode that inhibits their day-to-day life, and it makes simple things like picking up the phone or responding to text or answering emails or anything like that just excruciatingly difficult. And a sad person maybe will get over it in about a week or however long it takes and then look for another job, while a depressed person it can take up to months or sometimes even years until they're ready to like get back out there and put their self out there again and really try and get their life back together. For me, I've been through really the pits of depression and unfortunately, I've actually been diagnosed with chronic depression, which means it just it's not something that really can go away. It's something that I have been medicated for and I am medicated for and if I am not on the medicine then it's just constantly there and it won't go away. There's not anything that causes it. It's just there for no reason and luckily for me I have had good support systems in my life that have helped me put myself in a position to better myself and to deal with my depression. Like me? No. (laughs) Yes me. Like your mom. Hey. Yeah, uh, fine ass. Shout gonna, out Sarah's mom.
1: She's gonna listen to this. You. I know.
0: <laughs> she knows she's fine. What do you want from me?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So depression can affect the lifestyle in a few different ways. Someone who's depressed maybe will just randomly stop responding or they'll no show to an event or to a meetup or they'll cancel on you for no apparent reason or even they'll show up and they just won't really be there they'll just not be engaged and they'll kind of be there but be somewhere else at the same time you know Um you don't try to meet new people or do new things and it can seem so lazy to a certain extent but that's what's really hard about depression is it's not just you being lazy it's you being incapable of doing those things another thing that a lot of people don't know is that if you're on medicine it can actually affect your libido
1: so you can't get it up yeah i know how that is
0: that's something that we went through early in our relationship but actually hasn't been an issue lately
1: no that was only earlier on when you're on different medication yeah yeah
0: fuck that medicine i'm on good medicine now
1: yeah no more limp dick
0: no more limp dick (laughs) that's what they called me in the home limp dick Lim dick McGee.
1: Especially it sucks when you're a grower, not a shower.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's cold outside. Oh, no. <laughs> so what are some ways to deal with depression? Obviously, the best thing you can do for yourself if you feel like you're depressed is to get professional help. Especially if you need medicine. I cannot express how important medicine is to someone who needs it. Another way you can deal with it is to communicate about it with the people that you're close to Mm -hmm. so let's say if you're wanting to meet up with some people you know maybe just give a heads up and say hey like this might be an issue it shouldn't be an issue but i just want to let you know in case something does happen like i may not be capable of playing
1: or get it up
0: (laughs) or anything along those lines so on the flip side of that some ways to deal with someone who is affected by depression. Um, Overall, just be understanding. Be empathetic. Put yourself in their shoes. How would you feel if you felt the same way that they did? Now, you're never going to understand fully exactly how they feel. That's why the best thing for you to do is to show empathy to them and really help them in any way that you can. Now, if you're someone who has experienced depression, your depression may not be the exact same that another person suffers from. So a good example of that would be maybe let's say person A is depressed and they just lose their appetite completely and they just barely eat. Let's say person B though overeats and binge eats.
1: That's me. I start eating too much. Fat ass.
0: (laughs) Like I said, the best thing you can do is just to be empathetic, and if you really want to help someone who has depression, just be there for them, and reach out to them and talk to them. This might be the most important thing to know about depression. Sometimes the happiest people are the most depressed.
1: Yeah, what's on the outside may not reflect what's on the inside.
0: Yes, it's very easy to put up a front and to put on a mask for people, and but at the end of the day, a lot of people are suffering. So. It's never a bad idea just to reach out to someone you love just to see how they're doing.
1: And I think that goes for mental health in general, that you never know what someone's going through. For sure. Next, we are going to be talking about sexual trauma. So trigger warning. Someone who has experienced sexual trauma can have PTSD from those experiences. PTSD in general is a psychiatric disorder and it can happen from people who've experienced a traumatic event. It affects about 3.5% of adults every year, and about 1 in 11 people will be diagnosed in their lifetime. Sexual assault specifically refers to a range of behaviors that involve unwanted, coercive, or even forceful sexual contact or conduct. They can include rape, attempted rape, In any form of unwanted sexual touching. If someone is experiencing or diagnosed with PTSD, they can have intense thoughts or feelings related to their experience and it can last way long after the traumatic event. Their symptoms can vary in severity. They may relive the event through nightmares. They may have intrusive thoughts, such as involuntary memories or dreams or flashbacks. And the flashbacks may be so vivid that they can relive the traumatic event or see it before their eyes. They may also avoid anything that reminds them of the traumatic event. People, places, activities, or situations. They may have continuous fear, anger, guilt, or even shame for what happened. Which is very sad. They may behave recklessly or act in a self-destructive way. Now, on a personal level, I have experienced some sexual trauma in my life. It's something that I've dealt with and I've gotten over, and I won't go into too much detail. I think we may do an episode about this in the future. How it can affect the lifestyle is that it's possible for someone to be triggered of their traumatic event, which can be a very serious thing. Personally, I did get triggered once while having sex with someone. They had put me in a position, which was in the same position that my trauma happened to me. And I basically started reliving the experience all over again. And that was very... Very intense and very scary, and I just went completely numb. It's something that nobody wants to experience, of course. Another way it can affect it is they can't engage sexually with other people because of fears of triggers. So they might avoid having sex or certain other sexual situations because they're scared that they might get triggered, and they don't want to go through that. Ways for you to deal with it is, of course, it's important to get professional help. Sexual trauma is something that is very personable and you may want to keep private, but if you're able to, you may want to communicate those issues with people. If there's something that may trigger you and you want off the table completely, it's good to let someone know that, whether you say exactly because it's of your trauma or Just kind of put it off as it's something that's a hard no for you. For example, if you had trauma related to anal sex and you talk to someone, say, hey, this is not a possibility. Do not bring it up. So letting them know beforehand could be a good idea. What I experience is different from what you experience and what's best for you may be different from what's best with me, so going to therapy and learning those coping skills and learning what's best for you is the most important thing to do. Ways to deal with someone who has experienced sexual trauma can include, if they do tell you about it, is to ask if there's anything you should or shouldn't do in a sexual situation. You know, you can reassure them, like tell them it's okay, help them build trust in you so they don't have that fear. And to just be understanding and be patient and realize how serious of an issue this can be. And lastly, just as a note, sexual trauma and assault can happen to both women and men. Don't forget, men go through stuff like this too.
0: Okay, now let's talk about bipolar disorder. So... Bipolar disorder is a brain disorder that causes changes in a person's mood, energy, and ability to function. People with bipolar disorder experience intense emotional states that typically occur for days to weeks. These episodes are categorized as manic, hypomanic, and depressive.
1: The reason we want to talk about bipolar, not just because we have it, is because it's more common than most people think it is, and it's very misunderstood. People use it very loosely, or they think that it's one thing or another, but there's a wide spectrum of what it is. There's more to it than what most people think.
0: Bipolar disorder is generally categorized as either bipolar 1 or bipolar 2 disorder. People with Bipolar 1 Disorder experience manic episodes and also depressive states. Generally, their depressive episodes aren't as bad as someone with Bipolar 2 Disorder. People with Bipolar 2 Disorder have depressive episodes and hypomanic episodes. So, what's the difference between a manic episode and a hypomanic episode? Basically, a manic episode is when a person is extremely high-spirited, they possess more energy than usual, and they may feel like they're on top of the world, or they may even just be uncomfortably irritable, and they can experience decreased need for sleep, uh, they can experience uncontrollable racing thoughts or quickly changing ideas or topics when speaking. Anything like disorganized thinking or false beliefs or even hallucinations can be a symptom of a manic episode. Now, a hypomanic episode is basically the same, just less severe. It's not as dramatic. In fact, it often even feels pleasurable, and it can actually increase performance at work or school or anything like that.
1: Yeah, with my hypomania, I become super focused and super on top of things and cleaning and doing this and doing that and when I experienced it at one of my jobs, I was doing almost twice as much work as I would normally do. So me personally, I kind of like my hypomanic episodes, but they can be something negative too. And manic episodes is what people usually think of when they think of bipolar, the extreme shopping sprees, or the wildness. So there is a big difference between the two. My bipolar two depressive episodes are pretty bad, but usually my anxiety is just always so bad, so that kind of trumps it.
0: Yeah, for me, my depressive episodes get really, really rough. I remember one of my most recent episodes. I was at home alone at nighttime and I was so focused on my pocket knife that was just sitting at my desk and I couldn't stop looking at it, and I couldn't stop imagining what I would do with it. I wasn't thinking about hurting anyone else, if you understand what I'm saying.
1: That escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So it can be very, very severe for some people, and it can really negatively affect them. And one of the things I remember about that episode was the day before, I was really happy. It was a really good day, and that made it even worse. It made me mad at myself that I could possibly just switch moods this easily. Whenever the day before I was completely fine. That's a really a big thing about bipolar disorder is nothing brings it on. It just comes out of nowhere and your brain just tells you to go fuck yourself. And you just have to deal with it.
1: Yeah, your brain is just like, eh, you've been too normal for a while. Let's stir some shit up. And then bam episode
0: definitely keeps you on your toes i'll say that so somebody in the lifestyle who has bipolar disorder let's say they're going through a depressive state we've already been over how that might affect someone in lifestyle but let's say they're going through a manic state um that can result in a lot of things like a lot of bad decisions or like over drinking or just doing things that they normally wouldn't in a manic state i hate to say it like this but anything is possible
1: Yeah, and you don't think of consequences. You're just like, that sounds fun. Let's do this. You're
0: very in the moment, which sounds good on paper. And I think people should be in the moment, but they're a little bit too much in the moment.
1: Yeah. Like someone may never in their life want to try drugs and then they're in a manic phase and it's like, oh, I'll try that.
0: So if you're dealing with someone that has bipolar disorder and they're going through a manic episode, really... Just be cautious because they might be doing things that they wouldn't normally do. And they might be acting real wild and going kind of out there with their activities.
1: So look out for them. Like trying to help them not make those mistakes that they don't really intend to make. Yeah. The last one we want to talk about is substance abuse and addiction. I feel like we're all pretty familiar and understand this one. I just want to point out that substance abuse is different from someone with an addiction. I'm sure we all know that one person who, like, jokes about being an alcoholic, but they're really not. They just abuse, for example, drinking too much. Addiction, on the other hand, that's an actual disease. Like, they can't stop using their vice, even if it causes them harm. And how it affects the lifestyle is they may overdrink way too much, If drinking is their issue, um, whether they're drinking or on drugs, they may show up fucked up. They may bring drugs to a party or at a meetup where that's not something okay and they can't even have sex or do anything because they're out of their mind. Or they don't even show up because they're too busy drinking and lost time or they just passed out from doing heroin, for example. The ways to deal with it is kind of hard and would differ from person to person. There's not really an answer. Some people, like cutting them off from drinking might help and be a good thing. Other people, it could enrage them and then they get aggressive. So it's a really hard call to make. But typically with swinging, they're a couple and... I'm sure their significant other knows how to deal with it or is able to handle it. So it's good to talk with them or make them aware that it's happening. Now, if it's a single, that's where it can be kind of sketchy. Um, <laughs> we don't really have an answer of what to do because, like I said, it, it just depends. You just have to use your best judgment on how you should handle the situation. And we do just want to mention there are other disorders and more mental health issues that do affect the lifestyle. We're just not going to go over all of them or this episode would be four hours long. So you may encounter someone with schizophrenia, a personality disorder, ADHD, narcissistic disorder, or even just someone with high amounts of stress. All of those can affect their actions. So, in summary, the best way for you to deal with it and your issues is to get professional help, whether it's learning coping skills or getting on medication, communicating as much as you're able to, and letting people know if you are suffering, if that's something you're comfortable with. And the best ways to deal with someone with issues is to be understanding ask if there's anything you should or shouldn't do or can do to help them and to reassure them and be patient and it's also important not to give simple solutions even though you think you're helping it makes people feel worse when you say just don't be sad it's all just in your head you'll be fine me and zach will say personally that is so frustrating that's not being understanding that's being patronizing even though you're trying to help it doesn't
0: (laughs) yeah and if you have questions i would definitely definitely reach out to a professional and
1: or research it
0: or research it yourself and get as much information as you can because it never hurts to know more things
1: yeah i agree And like we said before, this is kind of how it affects the lifestyle, but this is just good knowledge to know in general, because you're going to come across people like this in your life.
0: All right. I think that's enough of the dark stuff.
1: Are you sure? I think we can get more dark.
0: Oh, we definitely could. But let's get to the fresh update.
1: We succeeded in one of our first milestones of going to our first meet and greet. It's not really that big of a deal, but still, baby steps.
0: But guess who we saw there? Who? Devin. And his wife, uh, Debbie. Debbie's her name.
1: <laughs> For the podcast, Debbie's her name.
0: Yes. So yeah, we went and we met a few people we talked with Devin and his wife for a little bit we discussed everything that happened and all that and yeah it was a little bit awkward but he actually apologized to me and you know he shook my hand and all that stuff and so you know it was all good we made up and I wasn't mad at him or anything like that so you know it's all okay everything's all right now. Um, We kind of hung out with them for a little bit. We were very friendly. They were very friendly. And they both know how to talk a lot. Uh, Sarah was definitely right. He is a talker. And his wife is no different. They're quite the couple. I'll say that.
1: It's a little overwhelming.
0: It's a bit overwhelming. But they were nice.
1: Yeah, they're nice people. We don't really have anything super interesting to say. It's just that... We got to go to our first meet and greet.
0: We did actually meet a 50-year-old woman who we thought was probably like 35 years old. That was pretty cool. She looked really, really good for her age. Yeah. And she kissed me on the lips. And she tried to kiss Sarah on the lips, but Sarah's an idiot and freaking didn't realize and like turned her cheek.
1: I don't pick up on signals well. Oh, I almost forgot. We did go after the meet and greet, we went to a different bar with Devin and his wife, Debbie. Yeah, we went dancing with them. I don't even know why we went to like for like 20 minutes, but in the end, we're all on good terms and that's about it. In our next episode, we'll be talking about what it's like to be young and new in the lifestyle. As we've said, we're only in our 20s, which is pretty young to be swingers. So we're going to talk about that and talk about what it's like just starting out and being new. We're also going to have a new fresh update for you guys. We're meeting a new couple this Saturday that are in town. And we'll let y'all know how that goes. Hopefully well. Hopefully we get laid. We do have something exciting to tell y'all though.
0: Coming up here in a few weeks we actually will be going to a party a mansion party
1: yeah it's our first swinger party and it's this huge mansion one so
0: yeah it's gonna be pretty wild apparently there's gonna be sex swings and
1: a glory hole a glory
0: hole rooms for playing
1: things to tie up
0: things to tie people up there's gonna be a cross so you can get what's, well, it, what's called? it called flogged
1: it flogged yeah
0: vlogged on. We're not
1: very experienced, so don't judge.
0: Yeah, so that'll be a really good time, and we're pretty excited to sh- talk about that with you guys.
1: Yeah, I'm sure most of y'all who are experienced swingers, you're probably like, aww, their first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So as soon as that happens, we're gonna dedicate a whole episode about it to you guys.
1: Unless we cancel because of mental health issues. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, we're fucking going. I don't care if we're there in a fucking hypomanic state. I don't give a fuck. We're going.
1: I'll be there just hyperventilating.
0: So before we let you guys go, we actually have a fresh form to go over with you guys.
1: Yeah, we have one of our fresh fans, Ashley, fill out the form called Lifestyle Experience. So for the question, what was your biggest worry or hesitation before joining the lifestyle? She put... That we wouldn't be okay seeing each other play with other people. How did you learn about the lifestyle? She put, We made friends with a couple, and after a few months, they told us they were swingers. We asked a bunch of questions and decided we wanted to try it.
0: I wonder if they tried it with that couple.
1: I bet that couple tried. Uh, Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) Did you create rules slash boundaries or dive right in? She said... We created some basic ones, but looking back, we really didn't know which rules we should make. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know which rules to make. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Was your first experience good or bad? She put, our first experience went well. We met a couple for dinner and there was a strong four-way connection. We ended up playing that night. Since it was our first time, we were worried, but we ended up loving it and loving watching each other be pleasured oh
0: wasn't that sweet
1: well that's a good first experience and a four-way connection
0: yeah that sounds nice
1: you're lucky ashley
0: god damn it
1: (laughs) anything else you would like us to know slash say she said never trust a guy that seems sketchy about his wife being okay with it don't even take that risk i'd say that's good advice
0: that does sound like good advice
1: Yes, yeah, so thank you for filling out that form. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Ashley. So if you guys want to fill out some fresh forms, you can find them on our website, which is what?
1: Fresh-pineapples.com or you can follow us on Twitter at fresh pineapples with a Z instead of E-S and you can email us at thefreshpineapples at gmail.com Don't forget, on the website, you can sign up to become one of our fresh fans. It's free. And that's about all. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe, leave us a rating, review us, or whatever you're capable of doing on wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: Alrighty. Well, we'll see you guys next time.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to Fresh Pineapples.
0: Now, fuck off.